Welcome to episode two of Simplification Stories. Ollie's back with us to co-host this episode and today we're joined by the sales director at NYSA, Steve Leach, an old colleague of mine. How are you, Steve? Yeah, very very well. Good to uh, catch up with Simon and Oliver again. Good to, good to talk to you. Yeah, good to be speaking again, Steve. Definitely. And today our conversation is going to be themed around simplification. So, Steve, let's just uh, jump into some of the simplification stories that you've you've gone through. I know you've got a particularly interesting experience about a, a full review of your recruitment strategy. Help set the scene, please. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Oliver. Well, we've been really busy from uh, the nicer side. You know, clearly, we've, we were acquired by the co-op um, three years ago. And one of the key objectives that we've been leading is a growth agenda for nicer retail. And that really led us to do a full review of how we go to market and recruit new retailers to come and join NYSA, which we've been doing um, over the, the last three years. We've had some real success um, in terms of stripping back a full review of how we recruit. Uh, and we, we, we did very well in 2019 with 750 stores that joined us. Um, and then we went into 2020 wanting to really build on that momentum. And, and of course, the pandemic hit. So we had to revise <laughs> our recruitment strategy um, twice, if you like, to be even more uh, efficient, but make sure that we were continuing to, to grow the business, but do it all virtually uh, and online, which really which really tested us. But again, was, was really successful. Um, and again, we had... 650 new stores that joined us last year, which amazingly, about a third of those we never met. We did it all online and virtually, wow. which was a real credit to the team and how we embrace the new technology that we're all uh, stuck working with until we get back out on the road again. Well, that's a huge win. Um, first up, very well done to you and your team for, for for getting that many new stores to you know, join, join the club, so to speak. Um, Help, help us out. What, what what's what's changed, first and foremost? So I think how we how we've gone to market and how we've uh, we've gone recruiting has really changed. Uh, I mean, I've I've been in NYSA for for seven years, and it used to be quite a traditional cold calling approach to finding new business. Mm. Um, but actually, NYSA is very much a, a relationship business, and it's about being out in the market and much easier when you're not in a pandemic. But what we've tried to do is put a lot more systems and process in place in terms of who we go and talk to and when. Um, so we've we've done an awful lot of work with the uh, with the team. Um, so we've now got a, a bespoke recruitment team um, that are full time working on recruitment who support the wider retail team and um, who've got relationships with a lot of existing retailers, and that's really important because our number one lead generator and, and the, the main source of all of our new stores is actually existing retailers who have got multiple stores with different symbol groups. So the, the mm. easiest easiest way to recruit is getting more of our existing retailers to bring more of their stores into NYSA, which is uh, where we've seen some real success. So we've got, mm. we've got a, a different approach from a, a team perspective. We've got a different way of using data in terms of trying to find where the gaps are in the market, either by location or by format. So we've done some really good work with the local data company and others that have really helped us find out where the markets are and where we traditionally have underinvested in terms of coverage. Uh, and then um, how we 
how we sort of review our activity we've we've put in a new a new way of measuring um all of our prospects and recruitment so we can see where we can identify new parts of the system that are uh, where there's any benefit to it we can try and get stores trading faster or try and get people into the business quicker than we have done before so there's not there's not been one silver bullet it's the classic bit of lots of tiny incremental gains that have really helped us become more efficient yeah I, f- I find that really interesting Steve because in in my mind I'd assume that people come knocking on your door and say can I come and join the club so to speak as Ollie put it but actually I'd never envisage you actually have to go out and and kind of recruit uh, people to come in well it's 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 an element of both um and you you have to work um harder than you ever have done because of how competitive the market is and the number of people that are now in the convenience uh, model um, and you can't be complacent and wait for people to come to you you have to go and go and find them um, and i think how you do that around marketing has been a real part of our transformation that we've we've again done a number of things um, the digital transformation is a is an interesting point because we've we used to have uh, lots of independent websites that we had a a separate join nicer website which was separate to the main corporate website and now we've got mm. one one consolidated website at nicerlocally.co.uk where whether you're an existing partner a prospect or a colleague you get everything that you need from one site so it just makes the the search and the digital journey much easier we're just about to make it even easier for new retailers to join that rather than gathering a lot of paper uh, and uh, having to get sort of wet signatures we're going to move to a, a more of an electronic version and um, so that saves time mm-hmm. and process um, within the recruitment process to go even more quick and efficient so i think it's it's a balance and and interestingly um cold calling which is a very old-fashioned way of working actually can still be very effective because it's a great way of identifying face-to-face what people are looking for but interestingly, because of the, the the nature of the convenience industry, uh, we do a lot of our best business at, uh, events and networking events, conferences. We've got the National Convenience Show coming up in July this year, which we're very excited about because it's back. It's the first non-virtual event where we're all face to face back at the NEC with the um, <laughs> Association of Convenience Store event, which is always really good. The National Convenience Show, the Forecourt Show. Um, and there will literally be three days where we'll we've got a recruitment stand at the at the centre of the NEC, and we're we're definitely open for business and looking forward to speaking to as many prospects as we can. That's brilliant. I yeah, I, well, and I wish you lots of luck, obviously. Um, I'd like to uh, rewind a couple of minutes ago. You described lots of little changes that have led to this overall big step change that um, you've you've clearly delivered. How? intentional were all of those little changes steve was was it did did you know what you were going to be doing or was it almost a, a feeling away well i'll have to talk about my favorite example here because uh, i i do get a, a bit of stick as being mr twitter in the in the nicer team but it's worth talking about social media <laughs> because it it's something that i've been fascinated around personally for a while but if you if you have a look at how we've changed the the way that we promote the business uh, we've we've done an awful lot with social media. Um, there's, there's a 
a colleague that we've got called Gemma, Gemma Bell, who is absolutely fantastic at supporting us in, in the social media space. But what I really like about, about Twitter predominantly is it gives you an instant opportunity to improve and communicate your reach and success stories about if anybody is thinking about joining NYSA, then you can share testimonials, you can show videos of stores, you can engage with existing NYSA partners who are already on social media. And we've we've created a bit of a, an army of advocates, both retailers and colleagues, suppliers. And there are a number of hashtags in hashtag join NYSA and hashtag we say NYSA and that we've been using for a while. And slowly but surely, we've, mm. we've really got some really great engagement with, with retailers who've said, you know, I, I do sometimes get a little bit frustrated because you're always filling up my timeline of what's going on. But actually, um, there's, so <laughs> much, there's so much good news and there's so many things that it's, it's made me lift the phone up or say that I'd like to, to try and find out a little bit more. And I, I, I think that was one where we started off a few years ago playing with that really as a as a as a way of trying to do something that is quick and immediate and um, now i've got the full team um uh, that are on social media some that are, are more active than others but it's a really great way of sharing success and good news and uh, and being able to talk to people um, and get connections going because it's it's quick and immediate and um, so that that was one that was has has grown a little bit from me being in, interested in it personally to thinking it, there's an opportunity to us using really well, but not everything's mm. like that. Sometimes you know the the best idea that you can get um, is is looking to see what else is happening in the market and um, seeing what your competitors are up to. So you know we're we're learning a lot from. Um, you know, given how competitive the market is, you know, there's 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 a lot we've learned from feedback from our existing retailers and what the rest of the competition are doing to to really launch you know we've just gone to market with our fresh rewards a, a new simpler way of of doing business with nicer with a new rebate structure that was based on um, a, a lot of feedback that we'd had um, from existing retailers with nicer to, to become easier to do business with and since we've launched that and um, we've seen a really good success rate of existing retailers that are signing in because it, it's it's a choice and uh, people are incentivized to, ju to join but not forced they can stay on the, the legacy terms but we've had a really strong commitment of people moving forward to to sign up it's also generated a lot of interest externally with with other people who were, were fans of nicer that were maybe a little bit concerned about the complexity and now that's been removed that's really helped increase the number of leads that we've had in, in the last month as well definitely well that's 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 great to hear i'd, I'd like to actually ask you um so back when I was at Tesco, uh, I, I was focused on on step change and cost saving, and yet then there was the operational team, and it was often a uh, often described as almost a uh, a poacher and gamekeeper relationship, right? You have, I, I guess, the hat of both poacher and gamekeeper in here in terms of you're running the business as usual as well as the change. How has that been for you? But I'm 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 smiling because we use the poacher turned gamekeeper phrase quite quite a lot actually because it's, <laughs> it's 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 important in in any leadership role but none more so when you're working with independent retailers you can see both perspectives within that and um, from a 
from an independent retailer's perspective, um, you know, my my job is to sort of represent their 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 voice in decision making back at the centre. And uh, you know, we, you often talk about who your customer is. It's it's slightly different for us in that our customers are nicer partners and retailers, and their customers, the the consumers, ultimately, um, we we are slightly indirectly linked to them, whereby the co-ops customers are the co-ops customers who go into their managed estate. So mm. I, I think the balance between the two is making sure that you keep your feet on the ground and you surround yourself by people who are, uh, will give you all the feedback, both positive and negative. And one of the things that we've, we've just done, um, a, a new feature to build on the momentum for this year with our recruitment is we've, we've just created a really small induction team, which will, um, which is a new new sort of team for this year which will guarantee that we get much stronger support into the first 100 days of being a, a nicer retailer and we've got a mm-hmm. team of a team of four and um, that uh, we've just created three of the four are regional managers who've have, have got a lot of experience within the business of supporting partners um, but the fourth person is is a is a guy called Adam Viney who we're delighted to join the team who was himself a nicer retailer who ran a very successful and award-winning store at York University, who is just finishing off his induction with with nicer. But that gives us more credibility with the wider nicer retailers in terms of being able to see things from their perspective, because we've actually hired a very good uh, nicer retailer to come in and keep us honest. Uh, and that will really help because they will see you know, the, the challenge to Adam isn't to go poacher turn gamekeeper, is to keep his partner hat on all the way through and make sure that he challenges the, the status quo and the process to always make sure that we're thinking partner back. It sounds like then that there's there's been a lot of work to kind of select people to be able to join the family, but also then that intensive care period, those first hundred days to welcome them into the family. So it sounds like that mm. that, that journey's become um a lot more supported and a, a lot more of a framework around it than ever before is that fair to say i absolutely and and from a process and data point of view we've gone from not really understanding the journey to being able to process map every single step along the way and we measure key elements of that so you know a really good internal kpi would be um when a nicer retailer signs up uh, to to become uh, into the nicer family, how long does it take from that signature to to their first order? Um, yeah. mm-hmm. And that, that's a that's a really great one because there's there's a lot of cash linked to that if we can make that that time period as short as possible, so that um, that highlights where we've needed to do things differently to try and accelerate that because once you've made the decision to join. What we've had to do is is remove any barriers or or processes that get in the way of that, um, and then we've clearly with all the sales targets, the sooner we get somebody in and trading, and um, the faster that we can be helping them sort of get the best out of nicer and really set themselves up for success. So there's there's a really good way of, and we've had phenomenal support from our finance team to be able to give us the the management information and KPIs to try and track that because that's a that's a really good success story of the last couple of years in terms of how we've used data well to help inform decision making. I I, I don't like 
Um, I'm quite a, I, I can make a decision really quickly, but I always find it much easier when you've got data to back it up. Um, so my team will say that I'm, I'm often known for having key phrases for everything, but I, I do like the sort of data insight action uh, piece that, you know, get get the right data, make sure the insight is good and then, and then put some action in. Um, but then make sure you review that against the assumptions to make sure what you've done is, is added value. And the induction team is a really good example. That was based on uh, an awful lot of, uh, of feedback. And actually, interestingly, um, from my previous role running Vodafone's retail estate, because we did a lot of customer research there that said you were far more likely to uh, to renew your mobile phone contract if the first 100 days as a customer were in line or ahead of your expectations so mm. you can't get you can't get further from a, a mobile phone 24 month contract on a on a you know 64 gig iphone to running a nicer independent store that, that it trades in the center of birmingham but actually, it's exactly the same principle because if we if we exceed somebody's expectations in the first hundred days, set them up for success, and deliver against what we said they would get if they join nicer, it's exactly the same principle. So I'm trying to use some of my my industry insight and customer experience from different businesses to apply that into the nicer model, and so far it's it seems to be working. We we are measuring um, the, the the partner sentiment and feedback from the guys that have joined us. And the sales and um, that we're, we've got of the stores supported by the induction managers are significantly higher as a result of that initiative than than before. So it's early stages, but um, it's it's winning and there's definitely more to do. But it's a good example of not resting on our laurels when we've had a, a decent run for the last couple of years. But we know we've got more to do. That's brilliant. I mean, I love I love how you're you're taking the lessons from your your previous experience at Vodafone and and applying them in. And it you know it's such a critical point around change management. You know of whether whether it's a change of you know joining nicer or change of mobile contract or a change of any other any other system or process or people change. Actually, that that first hundred days mindset is a really strong approach to take i love that that idea in terms of what is it you need to do to be able to gain the commitment of the customers of that change should we say in terms of making sure that they're committed they don't then back out they don't revert to old ways of working it's it's exactly the same sort of thing uh, yeah very strong and powerful lesson there for me steve thank you very much I'd like to uh, take a, a slight pivot in the conversation here because I know you've also done some really amazing stuff with new formats as well. Do you want to just briefly describe what you've been up to, Steve? Yeah, sure. So we work really closely with the sales team and the format and development team in, in NICER. Um, for a, a period of time, I um, I had accountability for the, for the team um, not any longer, but the the great relationship that we've got with them has, has really helped. And what we've done there as we've it's a good it's a good story about how we've done things differently. Quite a few years ago, if anybody wanted to move into nicer and pick up a, a nicer fascia, we had a very fixed way of working and a very bespoke set of criteria and a model which was quite inflexible. So um, around the the fit out and the look and feel and the and the number of things that a, a retailer had to do to try and get a fascia. 
and uh, also mm-hmm. I worked with uh, with Darren May, who's our head of formats, who's um, who's got some fantastic um, skills and experience before he joined the business. He's got a really strong team around him. But one of the things that we did that was different is we quickly worked out that to be um, to be flexible and agile uh, to demonstrate our skill in that area to try and keep one step ahead of independent retailers because they're they're compared to the corporate guys the the independent entrepreneurs are faster and more agile and can make a decision in the morning and implement it in the afternoon so what we did with the format piece was we we became much more flexible and we we did a a pick and mix option so that if somebody wanted to join us we would give them a lot of expert advice and guidance in terms of um, use our expertise in terms of category management, look and feel, and how to lay out their store. But rather than mm. uh, be um, insistent of what that looked like, we could tailor that so that people could choose how much they wanted to do up front, how much they wanted to spend. Um, and having that flexibility with the format team has really helped open up lots more discussions. We are the most flexible symbol group of them all because within NISA you can trade under a NISA fascia you can you could trade um, in a dual branded way um, but actually the majority of NISA retailers that people don't often understand actually don't have any mention of NISA in their fascia and they have their own brand and independent fascia which they trade under and we supply so our flexibility yep. is, is, has been a, a massive change in terms of how we've done that and continue to do so but what we've also done is we we will regularly review the market and understand where any gaps are. And one of mm. the things that we did last year is we launched NISA Express, which was a, a new small store format for stores that were under a thousand square foot. And um, so that's our latest mm-hmm. format um, innovation. And um, we've got um, lots of interest there. We've we've recruited a really progressive forecourt retailer. Um, called Ascona, who are up to I think 60 sites now, and they helped trial our very first NICER Express in a in a forecourt last year, and we're we're seeing lots of interest in that because that gives the flexibility and fresh thinking of our format expertise, but you can apply that into stores of different sizes. So we've we've done a lot in that space to be flexible. Um, it is um, very interesting in terms of new areas to try and identify where to generate value. Our latest, our latest example of that is we're we're just rolling out. Co-op have got a, a very, very good, high-quality um, own brand coffee called Everground, um, and we're we're sort of pioneering that, which is a is a very good quality, high-margin uh, product, and um, that is part of the Co-op own label range, which is available to Co-op stores and into nicer fascia stores and all independent partners, and we're just sort of rolling that out, um, and again. Mm. Um, trialing that in a few sites so that nicer retailers can see what the benefit is of, of using that brand that makes a lot of sense i can uh, certainly see how you know suddenly that the, the the power of nicer whether you are you, you have the name above the door so to speak or not um suddenly opens you up to well lots lots of different opportunities and new ranges and you know i, I know uh, you've, you've been working a huge amount on quality uh, of of the different ranges as well so that's um that's brilliant help me out with what's next i guess steve what, what you know what's what's exciting you about uh, how you'll continue to develop 
um, the formats or even the recruitment process as well? Well, I think the the, the latest space that we're, we're currently working through from a it's more of a sort of change in the operating model at the moment, which is one of the biggest things that has changed radically is the use of sort of delivered services and partnerships with mm-hmm. guys that are changing, changing the convenience model. And we we are now working with um, four partners in Deliveroo, Uber Eats, Snappy Shop and, and Gisp. Um, which are very active um, in in that space, and um, and again, it's the flexibility of the nicer model. Other competitors are, are, are buddied up with one partner, um, and we're deliberately going slightly differently, where we're we're working with several because not we we don't think that one size fits all, but we'll help you choose who to work with and why. Mm. Um, and and that is that's a really good example where our big challenge is. Given that the um, the pandemic um, has been such a powerful growth driver for the convenience channel, the, the question is, how do we help retailers hang on to the additional footfall and momentum so that when um, hopefully um, in the next couple of months we go back to um, a, a more normal society that we capture new business and continue to trade that in the convenience channel. So. The delivered services is a is a big is a big opportunity, and we're seeing some phenomenally strong numbers with new footfall and new growth opportunities, which I'm I'm really excited about. So there's definitely um, lots of work uh, within there. From a recruitment point of view, um, actually the, there's there's a balance there between recruitment and retention, and um, so we are. It's a it's an equal balance to make sure that we continue to build on the momentum, but that that only wins when um, you retain and hold on to all the retailers that have joined you, and um, so that your 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 net position is is bigger than it was. And um, we get a lot of feedback with existing retailers that say, well, you you're always in the trade press around how many people have joined the business, but how many people have left. Um, and it's a great question, um, but we we are in a very very strong net position. Um, there'll always be people who want to um, leave the group and understand um, what what's mm. what's out there. But my my job is to keep that that number as as low as possible, and to keep hold on as many people. So we're we're trying to find the right balance between that. But really, from the recruitment point of view, it's a scale game. So we are seriously in the market looking for some. Um, you know, new business of scale with some um, some big, big relationships and big retailers and big partners. Um, and I've got I've got lots of very interesting projects in the pipeline that we um, would maybe fill another podcast at another time once it's in the public domain. <laughs> but, um, of course. But, but watch this space. I mean, we're, we're, we're about to unveil a number of very exciting initiatives to keep us one step ahead of the market. And, uh, you know, we've, we've got lots of interesting projects which we're, which we're working on. So it makes, it makes for a very interesting time. And, and Steve, is the kind of tie up with the co-op change things or is that just accelerated and will lift you to the next level? So yes and yes, it, it has changed things um, for for the better. You know, really a really great example of that would be the co-op uh, property program. So the the co-op regularly review and refresh their store portfolio, and at any point where they uh, decide that they want to dispose of a, a, a co-op, um, then we we get first refusal in terms of making those available for for nicer partners. So we've got. Um, 
we've got lots of really great locations that might not necessarily uh, be right for the co-op, but we've got some terrific, um, nicer stores. Um, and that's a really good example whereby if you are a really progressive retailer, so let's talk about uh, Ricky Dougal and his family that trade in the centre of Coventry and Millennium View, they wouldn't be store of the year, the convenience industry for their, their, their store in the center of Coventry. It's a fabulous site. Uh, and Ricky's got you know big ambitions to grow his estate. We were able to connect him in on a co-op disposal site not too far away from his store in Coventry. And um, he got access to, to that store as a co-op on, on Tuesday of, of a certain week. Uh, and on Friday, I, I visited um, along with Ken, our CEO, and um, literally, apart from the final nicer fascia that hadn't been put up, you could not have um, told, found or I, I identified if you didn't know the story that it traded as a co-op because it, it was just, it was a brand new nicer that he converted in just over three days. And that's fantastic because being able to make those sites available to nicer colleagues uh, or nicer retailers and give them first refusal is a really good opportunity that if we weren't part of the wider co-op, we wouldn't enjoy. So there's there's lots of new opportunities uh, along uh, that angle. We're working really closely with with Martin and the new channels team around co-op franchise. Um, and we've had um, a, a number of nicer retailers who have made the move to become a co-op franchise and we're moving into that space. So there's there's lots of new opportunities that we can now enjoy that will help our growth ambitions and just gives us different options to put on the table for somebody who wants to continue and grow their association with with nicer but give them maybe more channels and options that they, they wouldn't have had before. So it's a it's a watch this space type of uh, type of movement then. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the 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 challenge when you're doing really well with recruitment, which Chris and my recruitment team will tell you, is you've always got to work harder to stand still. So when you've had as as strong a couple of years that we have, the the numbers and the sales growth and the recruitment numbers only go north. And so you've got to really stretch yourself with new channels, new propositions, or better processes to uh, to keep doing that. But importantly, uh, importantly hold on to all your, your existing nicer retailers and making sure they're, they're getting as much out of the proposition as they need so that your, your net position is, um, is equally as strong. But yeah, lots of lots of exciting things coming up. Good. And it, it's just sprung to me, actually, that the, the 100 days, I knew there was a link. So the American presidents approved to make their biggest impact in the first 100 days of being in office. So your, your whole recruitment piece about your 100 days intensive care is uh, in good company. Well, it, it, it's it, it's an important point because equally at the same time that we're bringing on lots of nicer retailers, the first hundred days as a colleague is is also true, uh, and and there's there's a lot of learnings uh, around that as well. So I've been lucky enough on the back of our success to invest in um, a lot of top talent um, into the sales team. We've got. Um, quite a large number of people that have joined the the sales, retail, recruitment and central operations team, including I've got a new a new central operations lead in uh, James Taylor, who's joined the business. And, and actually, it's a really good point that you've got to make sure that the right balance is true, because the joining experience to join NICER as a colleague is as important as a retailer. And again, we're, we're trying to do um, similar elements to make sure that colleagues in their first 100 days um, are set up for success in the same way but you're you're, you're right with the analogy 
there's nothing new in retail. It's just where you get your inspiration and ideas from. Hopefully not Donald Trump. <laughs> well, no, there's a, a funny there's a funny story which ties it all together beautifully, which was when I first joined uh, social media, um, I was watching Jonathan Ross talking about um, uh, President of the United States. So my Twitter handle was uh, POTUS OB because um, uh, Obama was the was was POTUS, uh, and his were his Twitter handle was POTUS BO for Barack Obama. So I went for OB. Um, just out of devilment to see what happened next. I was quite terrified because um, I got a number of followers instantly. One was the White House. Um, one was the, um, the <laughs> FBI. Um, now you'd think if I was if I was more sensible, I would have I would have changed my Twitter handle. But for the first few years, actually until Obama left, I I kept that Twitter handle and was regularly misquoted in quite a lot of quite serious tweets. Um, with American press when they transposed the uh, the number. Um, my claim to fame is I, I am still followed on Twitter by Barack Obama, but as soon as Trump came in, I changed it back to first for retail because I wanted to keep my head down and did not want that power of association. So that's a little bit where you've got to be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, I love it, love it. Well, there we go. So uh, some social media tips in there as well. And um, what state penitentiary are you calling us from today, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have to go because I've, I've used my last time and I, I need to go and put my protective suit back on. <laughs> well, Steve, it's been a, a real, um, it's been a brilliant conversation and we've dived into lots of different topics. For me, one of the kind of key themes has been momentum throughout. And actually, you know, whether it's, you know, continually making a series of momentum changes around the recruitment process whether it's about building momentum in those first 100 days, uh, maybe in your Twitter following as well, right? Um, that's been an absolute key piece. And, you know, you, you said it there. I'm going to misphrase you, I'm afraid, but you have to work harder to stand still. And that's so true. And momentum is only going to help you to uh, to continue to work harder, but also move forward as well. So, Steve, thank you so much for for, for joining Simon and for joining myself uh on on this on this show simon any closing thoughts no i I totally agree fantastic conversation um yeah i think there's there's been some quotes very similar recently isn't there about if if you stand still everybody else keeps going so you get left even further behind so yeah momentum is absolutely key to keeping ahead of the market or even keeping up with the market thank you so much steve no, absolute pleasure. Good to talk to you and uh, look forward to the next one where maybe I could tell you a little bit more about the, the, the next bit of momentum we've got planned. But no, appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Thanks, Steve.